0: Thank you for joining us and welcome back for the championship edition of Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias and with me today for one of the last times this football season is Kyla. Hey. So after an awesome week 15 that produced a boatload of high fantasy totals, I am proud to report that I have reached the championship game in our league. (laughs) I did it all for the pod, Kyla.
1: (laughs) I'm so happy. I I was rooting for you all week.
0: Not for the money or the glory. Uh-huh. All about the pod.
1: Not the money at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but first, some housekeeping. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at podcast. Especially this week, the most important week of them all. And also, we'll be doing one more pod this football season. And that will be coming after Christmas. So, again, the lookout for that. We're going to do a recap of the season, our favorites of the season, a bunch of things like that. But first... Kyla, start us off with how week 15 went for you.
1: So this week it was just more suck for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I start, I'm just going to say I really hate these consolation games. I just think it's pointless and it's just more chances for me to lose.
0: Would you Would you feel the same way if you had won?
1: If I had won? The, no, I wouldn't feel the same way if I had won. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, just, just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs>
1: I'm annoyed that I had another game where Tom Brady was a disappointment and I had more injuries. So now I have another game this week that's going to suck, but I'm not even I don't even have enough people to play in it. So I'm not even going to go there. But anyway, I'm just a sore loser, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's understandable.
1: Uh, Like I said, Tom Brady sucked. He had 16 points in our league with 128 measly yards and two touchdowns. While on my bench, Ryan Fitzpatrick got 24 points. Uh, Aaron Jones and James Conner both had solid outings with 17 and 13 Mm. points each. After four games that seemed more like 100 games for me, Tyler Lockett did nothing in those games, but he got 24 points on my bench this week, which didn't help me at all. (laughs) Michael Gallup really, really let me down this week with one catch for six yards. I started him and he did nothing in a game where Dallas scored a lot of points, which was disappointing.
0: I was very surprised by that. I have him in a a different league and I have him in my flex spot for this week as well. And I'm a little worried about it.
1: Well, I think this week he'll be better.
0: He's been consistently better than that all season. I would like to think it's just a dud, but... Hopefully it's not a trend.
1: Yeah, he and Amari Cooper both were kind of duds last week. Um, Jacob Holliser, also still riding the suck train. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't sound all bad All aboard, <laughs> all aboard the
0: suck train.
1: <laughs> um, if all that is not bad enough, I lost my two best guys to injury. Chris Godwin was carted off with a hamstring injury. And Dalvin suffered a shoulder injury, I think to the same shoulder, after he only got 43 yards on nine carries and three receptions. Luckily, Godwin did have 124 24, 121 yards before his exit, but that still didn't save my team. I lost again a pathetic 89 to 119.
0: Well, that is pretty brutal. You're just, <laughs> I mean, you're having bad luck at, at this point. You, yeah. you drafted well, you had a good season, and now injuries are just pretty much taking their toll
1: yeah
0: uh week 15 for me i feel like my happiness will really shine through here (laughs) can't hide it Uh, i came out on top of my semifinal matchup 178 to 139 that was my highest offensive output of the season and the second highest output in our league this season cuckoo for juju scored Mm 183.82 in a win over you kyla
1: yeah, I remember in
0: week five. That is the <laughs> highest scoring game of our season. So dropping some league knowledge on you there. Uh, so obviously my team came through when I needed it most. My guys from, from Baltimore led the way per usual. Lamar Jackson was sensational with 47.08 points in our league. Five passing touchdowns and 86 yards on the ground. Mark Ingram had 76 yards and two total touchdowns for 23 points in our league. The Ravens defense only got seven points against the Jets, so that was a bummer. Uh, kind of turns out it didn't matter very much. Not at all. My receivers worried me, but both Cooper Cup and Darius Slayton caught touchdowns to salvage their fantasy weeks. If they hadn't caught those touchdowns, it would have been a a glorious dud for (laughs) each of them. I really... Thought Slayton would do better, and now Sterling Shepard is apparently the guy. It's tough to tell what the Giants are going to do in the passing game. Slayton uh, is on my bench for this week. (laughs) I benched Odell Beckham, and he finished with 10.6 points, which is right around what Cup and Slayton got, honestly. Uh, Odell had eight catches for 66 yards, which kind of... More catches even, I guess, than he normally gets. Kind of (laughs) standard. Didn't get a touchdown. I picked up Tyler Higbee of the Rams for my tight end spot. He rewarded me. He shined, Kyla. (laughs) He shined. He did. 12 catches for 111 yards, 19.1 points. Clutch city for Tyler Higbee. (laughs) And I tossed Carlos Hyde in my flex. He scored 18.4 points, rushed for 104 yards in a touchdown. His 26 carries were the most that he has had since week six. The yards were his most since week nine. And he hadn't scored since week 11. Wow. So definitely he just played out of his mind. We're not going to get that every week from Carlos Hyde. And the final player for my team that I'd like to highlight is also a guy who is my winner of the week. So I'm going to transition into our winners and losers segment here. My winner of the week, finally coming through for fantasy owners everywhere, (laughs) Saquon Barkley.
1: Doing what you drafted him for.
0: Oh, finally.
1: Yeah.
0: Finally. (laughs) The number two overall pick in our league, Saquon, 30.3 points in our league, 24 carries for 112 yards and two touchdowns. He also had four catches for 31 receiving yards. Finally, after all of this year, Saquon did something magnificent, (laughs) put up a big total, and it made me so fucking happy, Kyla. It was so great. Finally, (laughs) finally, Saquon. He was just Uh, playing
1: the long game. He was just, just playing
0: the long game, just waiting for the fantasy playoffs to really break out. Right. So, you know, hopefully his ankle's feeling better, and he does the same this week. But yeah, <laughs> my winner of the week, Saquon Barkley. Thank you, Saquon.
1: Very nice. Uh, my winner of the week, I just want to say first, I had two different people for both my winner and loser this week until Monday night, and it was mostly because I wanted to gloat. I had had Ezekiel Elliott as my original winner of the week because he finally also did something. And then I had my loser of the week. I I have to mention it as Robert Woods because I told you last week that he (laughs) was not going to have a good game, and I was right.
0: Yeah, you absolutely were right. Robert (laughs) Woods did nothing. Thanks a lot, dude.
1: (laughs) Uh, But at the Monday night game, I changed my winner to Drew Brees because how could you not choose Drew Brees as a winner of this week? Um, First of all, since returning from his injury in week eight, Drew Brees has thrown for three plus touchdowns in five of seven games and had 300 plus yards in four of those games. During Monday Night Football, he broke Peyton Manning's record for career touchdown passes thrown, and he now has 541. According to Wikipedia, he now holds the NFL record for career touchdown passes, career pass completions, career completion percentage, career passing yards, is third in regular season career passer rating, and fourth in postseason career passer rating. He has passed for more than 5,000 yards five times, and no other QB has done that more than once.
0: Wow. <clears throat>
1: he has so many records. I was looking at Wikipedia the other day and all of the quarterback records, and he has listed on so many of them, and I could not even begin to list them all because we would be here all night. But he is the most accurate quarterback ever to play, and to me, that is definitely the winner of the week.
0: Yeah, you're... You're absolutely right. It is kind of amazing at this point he's only been to one Super Bowl,
1: yeah, it is because he is amazing.
0: I mean you can say that they could have went last year, and yeah, they got robbed
1: like that. but
0: <laughs> it's sort of amazing with all the success New Orleans has had with Breeze that they've only been there one time, yeah. And obviously, they've got a good shot to go this year. We'll see. Uh, yeah. a team that does not have a good shot of going to the Super Bowl this season is my loser of the week and that is the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> L.A. was supposed to contend for the AFC West title this season at the beginning of the year. I had them in the postseason as a wild card. Instead, they've been just pretty much an embarrassment that culminated last Sunday with a 39-10 to loss to Minnesota. The Chargers turned the ball over seven times. Oh, my god! Seven times. <laughs> and gave up a 56-yard fumble return for a touchdown. I'm thinking they'll be in the market for a new QB yeah. this off season, maybe in the draft. Uh, I think that they should. Rivers was terrible again. Now has 18 interceptions on the year. It, it seems like he's been a really a main part of why they've struggled is as well. Like yeah. some, some better QB play, and they probably aren't where they are. Uh, the offensive line, maybe there are issues there. I don't really know, but. The Chargers have been a colossal disappointment, not mm-hmm. exactly to me, because I hate them <laughs> as a as a Broncos fan, but just to the NFL in general, I really thought the Chargers would be better and it kind of looks bad for the AFC West to only have one good team, but yeah, loser of the week, the Chargers, I don't really see them doing anything this week either.
1: Well, the AFC West is still looking pretty good compared to the NFC East at this point, so you should feel okay about that. <laughs>
0: you, you've got a point. Yeah, the, the West <laughs> might not be the worst division in football, but they're they're close.
1: I'm not disappointed that the Chargers suck because I hate Philip Rivers. So
0: I'm, I'm, right happy about it. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Right there
1: with uh, you. My loser of the week also came on Monday Night Football, and it is Marlon Mack. He came back from a broken arm in week 14 and has faced two of the top run defenses since then. He could not do anything against New Orleans on Monday night. None of the Colts could. Mac finished with only 19 yards on 11 touches. That is it. That is bad. That is an average of 1.7 yards per carry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That is bad.
1: <laughs> and I looked up, because I didn't know really, like, what a good average for like a an average running back was. And they said it was four yards per carry and he was averaging 1.7 yards per carry, which is really low. Um, I had, had as I said, a couple different people here, my loser of the week, I picked Robert Woods first and then I thought about going with Michael Gallup because he really sucked too. But I decided to go with Mac because his start percentage was higher. So to me, that makes him a bigger loser. Right. Um, I'll get into it more in a bit, but despite the horrid week last week, I do foresee a nice bounce-back week for him because he is a good running back, and the Colts do like to run the ball. So,
0: Yeah, he could have a good week this week for sure, but we have been sort of cautioning the last few podcasts about people coming back from from injury Mm -hmm. and sticking them into the lineup immediately, and he was definitely somebody who didn't project as having a great game a couple weeks in a row Yeah. And he definitely, I'm sure, lost a few fantasy leagues. Oh, I'm sure. With his performance. Yeah. So looking at this week for your championship games, we have some injury updates. Josh Gordon was suspended indefinitely for violating the league's PED and substance abuse policy, which makes how many for him?
1: I don't even know. I mean, it's not super surprising, but. That's kind of sad because he. It is. He's a he's a good receiver, so he's got a lot of potential. I, I hate to see it.
0: Yeah, I think he'll be back again, but definitely not this season.
1: <laughs> no, Chris.
0: Chris Godwin hamstring injury, as Kyla mentioned, he is out for week sixteen. Brashad Perryman is now the guy to own in the Tampa Bay receiving core.
1: Yep, he's the only one left.
0: Yeah, Mike Evans. Yeah, exactly. Mike Evans was placed on IR as well, also with a hamstring injury. He is out for the season. With the Vikings, we mentioned Dalvin Cook. He remains sidelined Friday. He is likely to miss week 16. So that is not good for his owners and for mm-hmm. the Vikings. Uh, Matheson also may miss this week, yeah, which has not been confirmed yet either. So Mike Boone is looking like the starter <laughs> At RB for the Vikings. So he's probably out there in your league. If you have yeah. Cook, go pick up Boone. Definitely Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. He has an AC joint sprain. At least that's what they're saying. Not practicing, but he's supposed to play. Mm-hmm. And then for Houston, Carlos Hyde. He got an ankle injury somewhere along the way of him having an awesome game last week for the main <laughs> machine. But uh, he has been limited in practice all week, and it does seem like he will play.
1: Uh, More updates. Josh Jacobs, who played in Week 15, has been declared out for Week 16 with the same shoulder injury. DJ Chark uh, is questionable with an ankle injury, but he did return to practice this week, and Coach Marone thinks he'll play. Damian Williams is not listed on the injury report anymore, so he seems good to go this week. Juju Smith-Schuster, also not listed on the final injury report, he was practicing in full, will play, but says he's still not 100%, so getting a gauge on his possible production is impossible. Jordan Howard um, is questionable still with a shoulder injury. He still has not been cleared for contact. He is unlikely to play. Also, for the Eagles, Nelson Aguilar has not suited up since week 13 uh, with a knee injury, and he is expected to not play this week.
0: So, in the Rams tight end situation, I was talking about how I had Higby. Mm-hmm. Gerald Everett, he has a wrist and knee problem, I guess, problems with both. He was removed from the injury report Friday. He should play. Uh oh. Who's sort of saying that Higby. Is still the guy to own and still the person to play. I'm going to go with that advice and I'm going to play Tyler Higby. And hopefully that's not a giant mistake. But the fact that Everett is back is a little bit of a concern. Yeah. Greg Olson, the tight end for Carolina, he was cleared from his concussion. He got through protocol. He will play. Bo Scarborough for the Lions has a rib issue. He is still questionable. And they've been talking about if they're going to bring back on Johnson this week as well. And it hasn't been verified yet if he's going to be brought off IR. So if you own Scarborough, even if he does play, there's no guarantee necessarily that he's going to get any carries. So a situation to monitor and maybe avoid entirely, especially if you have another guy you can plug into your RB slot. Danny Dimes is the next guy on our list. Daniel Jones, quarterback for the Giants. He will play this week against Washington. He's been dealing with a high ankle sprain. And that pretty much officially closes the book on Eli Manning,
1: yeah, that's a sad that's a sad day.
0: It's a sad day. <laughs> Eli and his little frowns and all that. He's
1: yeah,
0: he's going to be out of our lives soon. And
1: uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll play for the Chargers next year
0: oh well that would that would be rich wouldn't it with the way that 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 draft went yeah because he was drafted by the chargers right uh and then then traded well maybe at the end of his career he goes to the chargers for one year Wins a super bowl (laughs) yeah wins a super bowl (laughs) exactly Uh, as we mentioned mike evans is out aj green Another receiver, he's confirmed that he's unlikely to play weeks 16 and 17, not that you thought anything different was going to happen. Right. Also for the Giants, Evan Ingram, foot sprain, placed on IR. He's out for the season. And uh, Matthew Stafford, kind of in the same boat as A.J. Green, they finally placed him on IR. He is out for the season, has fractures in his back. His first games, or the games that he missed this season, were the first that he's missed since 2010.
1: Yeah.
0: Which to me, it seems like Stafford is injured more often than that. Maybe I, he just plays through it all the, all the time. I don't yeah, know. he must. I find that kind of fascinating that he hasn't missed any games since 2010. But
1: it's a long time.
0: Yeah. Uh, David Blau, uh, <laughs> friend of the podcast, he will be...
1: <laughs> we talk so much be, shit about him. He's our friend now.
0: <laughs> exactly. He will be the quarterback for the Lions when they face the uh, vaunted... Broncos defense in week 16.
1: Moving on to our good and bad matchups for the week. My first good matchup, as I already mentioned, is Marlon Mack versus Carolina. As I said before, Marlon Mack is poised to have a bounce back week. The Colts like to run the ball, and the Panthers love to give up fantasy points to running backs. (laughs) Literally, they have given up the most this season. Even Devonta Freeman got 17 points against them which is impressive for him.
0: Yeah. And we all know the kind of season he's having after last week's pod. So
1: (laughs) they have given up 26 touchdowns to running backs this season, 26, the most in the NFL. The next highest is 19. They have given up double digit fantasy points to at least one running back in every game this year, with the exception of two games. And they've allowed two plus touchdown games to running backs six times this season. If you're questioning if you should start Marlon Mack this week, the answer is yes.
0: Yeah, if Mack can't get it done this week, then <laughs> ouch. Yeah, really. I mean, like the, the lanes are just going to be wide open. So good luck to Mack. My first good matchup is Terry McLaurin, the receiver for the Redskins. They are playing the Giants. It's been a pretty long year for the talented receiver. QBs in Washington have been so awful that he can't catch a lot of passes because they can't get the ball to him. Definitely not his fault. Yeah. Uh, The the last two weeks, he has come alive nine catches for 187 yards and two touchdowns total over that time. Now he gets the terrible Giants secondary, who have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. After sitting on fantasy managers' benches for most of the year, I think it's finally time to fire up. Scary Terry.
1: Scary Terry. I, I I like Scary Terry, and I. it's amazing what he's been able to do in Washington this year. If he'd been drafted onto a better team, he would have been having an amazing season, probably would have been top candidate for Rookie of the Year, I would think. For sure. Yeah. My next good matchup is Adam Thielen versus Green Bay. <laughs> now hear me out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now, I know. Now hear me out. Hold on. Yeah. I know it's a risky play, but if you are desperate and riddled with injuries, I think he could be a high-risk, high-reward option. He's been injured half the season, and in his return, he caught three passes on three targets for 27 yards. That is not great, but the good news is he caught all of his targets and had no setbacks. Mm -hmm. We all know that Thielen is a great receiver. The last time Minnesota faced Green Bay, he finished that game with five receptions for 75 yards. This was way back in week two when the Vikings were still trying to figure out their shit. The Packers' defense uh, has been decent this year, but with Dalvin Cook likely to miss this week, I think Minnesota will have to depend more on the passing game, and Thielen is set up nicely to have a good game.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a good call by you, especially with the injuries they have to the RBs right now. I think Thielen, they're, they're going to need him. They're going to need Diggs. Yeah. I think they could both have pretty good games. Yeah. Uh, a good matchup for me, Joe Mixon. The, the Bengals will be at the Dolphins this week. We were wrong about Joe Mixon last week. Yes, we were. We thought that he wouldn't <laughs> do well against New England, but we won't be wrong this week. Yeah. He has scored at least 15 points in six of his last seven games. He rushed for 136 yards last week against the Patriots. So the terrible Dolphins defense this week shouldn't be much of an issue. You would think he would think yeah. that this is like maybe the top RB play of the week beginning against the Dolphins. Yeah. The Dolphins even managed to bring Saquon back from the dead last week <laughs> and make him look like a future Hall of Famer, which he very well still might be. Uh, I think Mixon, as I just said, may be the top play of the week. And also, I am playing Jackson in the championship game, and Jackson drafted Joe Mixon and dropped him earlier in the season. So That's it would be true. a little poetic <laughs> if Joe Mixon got like 30 points against Jackson. I'm just throwing it out there. He lost confidence in him. It's the Joe Mixon revenge game it is. <laughs> this, this week. That's what I'm going for.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're definitely right about that, and I think it's a good call to play him. Speaking of Jackson, though, I do want to briefly mention the other semifinal game. We're going off track here a little bit, but um, this w- or in the semifinals, Jackson's nice team because he never came up with a decent name for his team, and I hope he's listening to this so he knows that I'm judging him. <laughs> um, he played Cornholio, and it was a nail-biter until the very end. Cornholio went into Monday night up by a little less than three points. And Jackson had Jack Doyle left. And if you watched the game, you know that the Colts did not do anything the whole game. And for most of the game, Jack Doyle only caught one pass. And yeah. then, um, so it looked like Cornholio was going to win, which is Phil. Um, but in the end, Doyle did just enough to pull Jackson ahead. And he won by .32 points which is a very small margin and a very tough loss. What a
0: tough way to lose in the fantasy postseason. Like at least in my semifinal game, I won by enough points where you're just like, you know, it just wasn't my week. Yeah. You lose by 0.32.
1: Yeah. But speaking of that though, it's bad for Alina because the wet willies who you played, she scored more points than either of them did. So if she'd been in that game, she would have won. So it's, some of it's luck, and you know, some of it's good decision making, good drafting. But
0: well, she you know. should have got a higher seed. You know? <laughs> she should have got the yeah. two or the three seed. And wouldn't yeah. have to uh, play the main machine. You know, yeah, these kind of things. That's that's why we have the postseason. How we have it. That's <laughs> how the cookie crumbles. But yeah, point three two points in the other semifinal game. Yeah, that uh, you know, maybe he's a team of destiny. Maybe he'll beat me and, no, hoist that trophy. No way. <laughs> he has some good matchups, a lot like Elena yeah. did last week. He has some good yeah. matchups. I'm he does. a little frightened of his team.
1: Yeah. Um, my first bad matchup of the week is Le'Veon Bell versus Pittsburgh. Bell is another running back that has been a big disappointment this season, which doesn't bother me that much. I'm not a huge Le'Veon Bell fan. But he has yet to reach 100 yards on the ground in any game and he only has four total touchdowns on the season. It is a revenge game, but the Steelers' defense is giving up the fourth-fewest fantasy points per game to running backs. In their last eight games, the Steelers have allowed only two running backs to have more than 10 half PPR points, with the highest being Kareem Hunt with 15. I don't think those kind of numbers will win you your championship this week.
0: No, probably not. And I think with the Kareem Hunt game, didn't he catch a touchdown that to kind of put mm-hmm. him over? Yeah, he kind of... And that was a pass that was just a, a check down. So oh, for yeah. The, for the most part, guys aren't getting 15 points against this defense. And for Le'Veon Bell, the Le'Veon Bell revenge game, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Bell's been kind of an interesting person for me most of the year because I don't have him on any of my teams. And it's just like somebody... Probably because he's on the Jets, but just somebody who just hasn't existed for me.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I, like, I, just I feel don't, kind of the same, too. Yeah.
0: I just don't really think about Le'Veon, but <laughs> he's probably, I mean, he's highly owned in every league. hes He's been a star in the past. My first uh, potential bad matchup of the week is Cooper Cup who I just want to preface this by saying that I have him in my starting lineup yet again (laughs) for for this week because I'm too scared. I'm too much of a chicken to take him out. Yeah. Cup has been saved fantasy-wise three weeks in a row by a touchdown. I don't really see that happening four weeks in a row, but my fingers are crossed. The 49ers have allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to receivers. In the last two weeks, San Francisco has allowed the number one receiver for New Orleans and Atlanta to have amazing games. You know, huge games from Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, upwards of 12, 13 catches. But pretty much everyone else has done nothing. Yeah. It's just one guy that they're allowing to get all these catches in that while the rest of the offense is pretty much blanketed. The number one receiver for the Rams to me is Robert Woods, mm-hmm. who you love. <laughs> you. <laughs> That's not so true. So maybe Robert Woods is you know, going to get a, a bounce back game this week against the 49ers. We'll see. But I don't think Cub is in a good position. I hope I'm wrong. But yeah. I don't see him having a crazy week. And maybe he just catches another touchdown and it it saves him again. Maybe it's in, in garbage time. But just like he did last week against the Cowboys, uh, Jared Goff does not do well with teams that can bring pressure. And the 49ers yeah. are going to bring a lot of pressure. The Rams were awful the last time they played the 49ers. So we'll see what happens. Cooper Cup, I would not play him unless you're me for some reason.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, you're playing him. I think that served a lot you of well.
0: Options. I don't want to start I Slayton. I don't want to start Beckham either. Well, I'm going to probably think about it all night. And then tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, when these games start, I'll, I'll make the call.
1: Yeah. I think being, I mean, you kind of joke a little bit, you're too scared to take him out, but I think that served you well this season because you didn't, I think I was not scared enough to take people out of my lineup and that's what screwed me over this year. So I think, I think that's good. I think even if he just catches a touchdown and gets, you know, a few other catches, it'll be a decent game.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to be patient and, Something that you've been saying once the playoffs have started, you know, you were like, you know, don't get cute. Yeah. You have to start the people who who brought you there. And Cooper Cup is in the lineup for me pretty much every week. Yeah. So I, I'm going to wind up playing him most likely, but I'm not going to feel good about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last bad matchup, 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 I can't talk today. <laughs> My last bad matchup is John Brown at New England. Now, Brown has been pretty solid all season, but as we've said, week after week, the Patriots' defense is serious. They're still giving up the fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers. They've only given up three touchdowns all season to the position and only one 100-yard game. Brown has had only five games this season with less than 10 fantasy points, half PPR, and that. First meeting with New England was one of them. This is an obvious matchup to avoid for me.
0: Yeah, and my final bad matchup will stay in the same game, and that is Tom Brady, which I am very happy to report. I don't feel we'll have a good week (laughs) this week. Uh, Brady... You know, I obviously don't like TV 12, but there is some like like actual factual and statistical things here that prove it. It's not just me being like, oh, Tom Brady, get out of here. Yeah. Thought I'd toss him in for the last uh, edition of this segment for the year. Buffalo was allowed the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. The first time Buffalo played New England in week four, Brady had his worst fantasy week of the year, just 3.7 points in our league went 18 for 39 with 150 yards and a pick. He hasn't had many big statistical games recently, except for the Houston game, which was really only because the score dictated that he throw almost the entire second half. Mm -hmm. So I would not trust Brady to help you win your fantasy league. If you've got another guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, really anybody that you want to throw out there, I would play them instead of Brady this week. And I'm going to be rooting for Buffalo. Uh, I do think the Patriots somehow win that game, but it's not going to be necessarily because Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, Tom Brady is the – he is driving the suck train for me this year. He (laughs) has made me so angry. And I wasn't a huge Tom Brady hater before now, but I am definitely on board with hating Tom Brady at this point. but You've been i saw, scorned now. <laughs> yeah. I uh I saw that this is the first year he has not made the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl since 2008.
0: Yeah, and that's a whole different conversation too. Like the the Pro Bowl, do people watch the Pro Bowl still? No.
1: Nobody watches the Pro Bowl.
0: I really am in favor of just having guys, you know, they can be Nominated and selected for the Pro Bowl and all that kind of stuff, but they just don't need to play the game. Like maybe no. maybe send the guys to like one of the NFL cities each year and they can go to like a charity event, yeah, like all yeah. together it can be like an NFL charity event sponsored by whatever in you know, in lieu of the Pro Bowl,
1: yeah, yeah. there's no need- reason to have the Pro Bowl. Nobody watches it.
0: Nobody watches it. Nobody wants to play in it. (laughs) No. Nobody cares. But uh, our good matchups, we just covered Marlon Mack, Adam Thielen, Terry McLaurin, and Joe Mixon. And our bad ones were Le'Veon Bell, John Brown, Cooper Cup, and Tom Brady. Some more good ones. Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Bengals. Cortland Sutton against the Lions. A.J. Brown against New Orleans. And Jared Cook. The tight ends, the tight end for New Orleans, and they are playing at Tennessee.
1: Yeah. And some more bad ones for the week Jared Goff at San Francisco, Kenny Galladay at the Broncos, Carlos Hyde at Tampa Bay, and then Tyrell Williams at the Chargers.
0: And that brings us to the moment that Kyla has most definitely been waiting for
1: (laughs) sitting on pins and needles.
0: (laughs) The game of the week, week 16. All Cowboys and Eagles fans have had this marked on their calendars for a long time. Dallas yep. at Philadelphia, both teams sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. Kyla, take it yep. away. Take it away. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think in here? Biggest game of the year.
1: So this is a big game for my Cowboys. If they win, they win the division. I'm going to make my prediction based on the assumption that Dak Prescott is playing because he said he's going to play Jerry Jones has said that he is going to play, so he I'm assuming will. he's playing.
0: Who's the backup?
1: Uh, Cooper Rush. Who? <laughs> that's his name. I swear that's Cooper his name. Rush. Yeah. Wow,
0: they put him they in at really, the end of the
1: game last they're week. They're really we were...
0: screwed if Prescott doesn't play. <laughs> <laughs> Who the we, hell is that guy?
1: We really are. We really are.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Um. Prescott does have several injuries with the fracture to the the finger. And apparently he has a wrist injury that I hadn't heard about before. But most recently, as we talked about, an AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder. Um, both these defenses are ranked in the top 10 overall somehow, which it's hard to believe that Dallas is ranked at number seven overall after watching them get shredded for so many weeks. Um With that said, Dallas played last week like we all expected them to play all season. In general, the Cowboys secondary is better than the run defense, while the Eagles are the opposite. Uh, These divisional games are always hard to predict, but I do think that Dallas realizes that they need to use Zeke more. I think they had too much success in the beginning of the season throwing the ball and got away from running it, which was a mistake. Last week, they went back to a more balanced game plan, and I think they'll do the same thing this week. I expect nice games from Dak and Zeke, and I think Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup will both bounce back this week on the Eagles side. I think the best fantasy options are Miles Sanders and the tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I'd stay away from anyone else. I would not play Nelson Aguilar if he plays. I wouldn't play him. Any of the other no-name receivers, I would not play them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think Dallas will take this one and win the division this week.
0: So for for Philadelphia, they're, they're decimated by injuries like you hinted on. Greg Ward is the top receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is a reliable fantasy option. He's the top guy. You're going to, I'm sure, see him get a couple of catches, but I just don't feel that he is reliable enough in your championship game to start him. Yeah, Unless you were relying on Alshon Jeffrey or some Eagles guys prior to that, and it's kind of a plug-and-play guy. Uh, Carson Wentz played really, really poorly against the Cowboys last time. Mm -hmm. So that is a debatable start as well, especially with all the weapons he'll be missing. No matter what any of the numbers say, I think the Cowboys, many many of them are worth starting, just as you mentioned. I would start everybody except for Jason Witten. Yeah, You can probably say that about any week. This game, to me, just like you said, it comes down to the balance of them getting Zeke back involved and being the vocal point of the offense. Mm-hmm. They've got to feed Zeke. If they run the ball, it sets up everything else. And that's how the Cowboys have been for pretty much years now. Yeah. Pretty much the entire time they've had Zeke. Yeah. So with all the injuries Philadelphia has suffered, I just really don't see, if Dallas plays their game, I don't see how Philadelphia can win.
1: Yeah, I don't I really don't either and I do think that they will lean more heavily on Zeke even if just because Dak's shoulder is injured and they will probably mm. not want him to throw as much. So
0: yeah, and I just think as long as the Cowboys just like we said, as long as they do what we think that they're supposed to do they're just a better team. They're the better yeah. team at this point. I don't feel that they should be seven and seven. They should be better. That's a reflection of Jason Garrett, which we've gotten to before and is a whole different conversation. Yeah. They should win the division and then they can probably rest everybody in week 17. Right. Cause even if they both end up eight and eight, it's still Dallas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, so they if own they own the win record. this week, yeah, if they win this week, I doubt that anybody, especially Dak, well, not um, Amari Cooper, who's been banged up all season. I don't think either of those guys will play next week if they win this week.
0: So essentially, Kyla, as a Cowboys fan, you got to think, all right, we win this one. We pretty much forget next week. It doesn't matter. Yep. You rest up at 8-8, and and then you get (laughs) either San Francisco or Seattle coming into town. At home, yeah. And everything is kind of, it's right in front of them. They just have to win that game. So to predict, I guess not to predict, um, this final week, my championship game lineup, playing Jackson. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson is in there. I mean, that's a guarantee. My RB slots, Mark Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon. Uh, I have Tyler Higby as my tight end. I'm going to stick with him over Noah Fant. And then as my receivers, Rashad Perryman in there for the injured Mike Evans, and then I've got Cooper Cup in there, and I'm worried about it, but but I've still got him in there. Darius Slayton will be on the bench. Odell is on the bench. I picked up Mike Boone, but with Joe Mixon in my flex, I feel that those three RBs are the guys I should stick with over Boone. I'm not totally comfortable taking any of them out and putting Boone in. And then uh, Carlos Hyde will be on the bench as well. Got Harrison Bucker in the Baltimore defense. Right now, I'm projected 123 to 122 against oh, yeah. uh, against Jackson. Yeah. And actually, I take that back. It just updated, literally, as I just said that. <laughs> now he's projected to win 122 to 121. Tyler Higby was just sent. He just lost like a point and a half on his prediction. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. So, does that row. make
1: any reconsider? Does no, the projection matter care? It's,
0: it's well, at, well, we talk about that too. I don't think the I projection know. does necessarily matter. Yeah. Um, Jackson has Ryan Tannehill, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Christian McCaffrey, and Austin Eckler, pretty much the main part of his team there. Jack Doyle, Dan Bailey picked up the Broncos' defense against the Lions, which I think was a great pickup. Yeah, wish I had done that myself. And then AJ Brown is going to be in his flex, so I think I have my work cut out for me. I think he has a damn good team.
1: He does have a good team, and how sad would it be if the Broncos defense beat you in fantasy?
0: <laughs> they torched me, and that was the reason I didn't get it. <laughs> that would uh, be awful. Well, you know, I'd be happy for the Broncos, <laughs> but uh, I would be pretty disappointed in my second place finish. Uh, <laughs> here's here's the thing: like Saquon has a good matchup. I think Perryman and Lamar Jackson and Ingram all have good matchups. It's just really, I just need my team to perform. Can't have a dud. Yeah. I think I'll be okay, but we'll see.
1: I think so too. I hope so. Um, that's going to do it for today, I guess. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and give us a review. If we have helped you at all this season, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be amazing. <laughs> Nothing less than five, only five. Uh, also you can find us on instagram and twitter at btbw podcast that is where you will see our top weekly waiver wire ads and you can also send us your questions hopefully you made it this far good luck we hope you win and we will see you in two weeks for our end of season wrap-up show
0: yes have an awesome week everybody good luck